relaxing forms of decorative counter thread needlework one could ever think to encounter. Whether for the pure pleasure of creating your own designs, working with glorious colours, textures and patterns, or simply for the soothing repetitive motion each stitch brings as the design comes to life under your fingertips. Traditional canvas work though has come a long way from its somewhat overlooked history and is now being promoted via online classes, design kits containing unusual threads and intricate geometrically inspired designs using a plethora of stitches to form colourful designs full of life and movement. And I have to say this is a technique that is relatively easy to accomplish. A contemporary view of canvas work can be found in books with some guilds also offering specialised contemporary canvas work courses. So there is help out there if you need to know about framing up, transferring a design along with a how-to for a variety of stitches to complete your project. My focus though for this episode is really on the beauty and complexity of contemporary canvas work featuring the design work of two highly regarded artists Kay Fassett and Raymond Honeyman. It's worthwhile though to do a quick recap of the history of canvas work simply for context to help understand its origins and just how far it's come. Again, it's that innovation and modernisation of traditional techniques that's really so fascinating here. And yes, that goes hand in hand with the innovation of threads, dyes and the embellishments used. The stitches haven't changed, but the design outcome has, and that's surely been ramped up several very, very interesting notches. So stay with me, fellow Stitch Safari listeners, as I swim in these beautiful, brightly coloured waters of Bargello, Tent, Satin and other amazing stitches worked in an array of textures and including all sorts of glorious embellishments. It's time to fall in love again with canvas work, only this time with contemporary canvas work. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Cathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. Canvas work is a confluence of colours, textures, rhythms and patterns. 
all forming to create endless opportunities for a symphony of design options that probably explains its popularity since the early 17th century and most especially in the 19th century with the advent of Berlin Woolwork. But by the 19th century, the term canvas work fell out of vogue, replaced with the term needlepoint or tapestry, which is baffling as true tapestry is woven, not stitched. Designs include a vivid array of never-before-seen colours, thanks to advancements in dyeing techniques, especially aniline dyes, that were perfect for working the stunningly coloured floral and pastoral scenes that were so popular at that time. And the designs were hand-painted onto grid paper. Worked on embroidery canvas, an open weave canvas especially suitable for decorative needlework, including counted thread embroidery. It's also often called tapestry, which is why embroidery canvas is sometimes called tapestry canvas. The canvas can be made from cotton, flax, hemp, jute, silk or wool, or a combination of all of <coughs> some or all of these fibres. But from the beginning of the 21st century, most forms of canvas were made from cotton. Britain made much of the canvas during the 19th century, and with its open and even weave appearance and large spaces between the warp and weft threads, it's described according to the thread count, mesh count or holes per inch, varying from 5 to 28. The higher the number, the finer the canvas. And just to make it even more confusing, needlepoint originated in the 16th to 17th century and was popular up till the 19th century. It becomes petty point if the number of holes per inch is between 16 to 20, gross point if the openings range from 7 or 8 to 16 squares, and quick point if the mesh openings are fewer than seven. However, most of the needlepoint worked from the 16th to 18th centuries was petty point because it used 20 to 45 squares per inch. Now that was teeny tiny holes they were working with. 17th century needlepoint became the fashion to upholster furniture, prompting the development of a more durable base material, canvas, to use as the foundation for the embroidery. And by the mid-18th century, the population of professional, uh, professional embroiderers in Europe became so large, many opened their own shops where embroidery supplies, including needlepoint kits with a fully designed canvas and the materials needed to create it, were sold. Amateur embroiderers often drew their own designs from European published pattern books from the 16th century, while most professional embroiderers were attached to a court or uh, to a wealthy family up until the 18th century. 
with over 150 canvas embroidery stitches to choose from, enabling a variety of combinations, the most commonly used stitch since the 16th century was the beautiful Florentine stitch, also called flame, bargello or Hungarian stitch, along with the well-known cross stitch. And according to uh, the Mr Cross Stitch website, where Emma from the Maker's Marks and Nana, Nana Law of Hedgehog Needlepoint wrote a blog titled History of Needlepoint, a Whistle Stop Tour, noting that the use of tent stitch, a half cross stitch, was first found to be used in ancient Egypt in 1500 BC, where they used it to sew the sides of the canvas tents a practice still in use today. Apparently Howard Carter, who discovered the tomb of Tutankhamun, found some needlepoint in the cave of the boy King Pharaoh, and it's presumed that modern needlepoint descends from this tent stitch canvas work. Embroidery canvas comes in these main forms, single thread canvas with a single warp and weft thread, also known as flax or mono canvas, interlock canvas, a 20th century invention uh, where paired warp and weft threads are twisted around each other where they intersect, also called mock lens weave and double thread canvas, an open weave canvas with a warp and weft threads are used in pairs also known as Berlin or Penelope canvas. Now, if that's not confusing, I don't know what is. Unfortunately, embroidery abounds with these multiple names. Think this style of embroidery is old hat and dated? Well, think again. On the set of Pride and Prejudice, Kira Knightley recalls that Dame Judy Dench created embroideries to help ward off the tedium during filming. But... These were not the prettily embroidered delicate grub roses one would expect from the motherly Mrs. Bennet, but rather subversive needlework covered in swear words and rude sayings. All the intricate and ornate stitching worked beautifully, then given away as gifts. Taylor Swift made Ed Sheeran a Drake-themed needlepoint and actress Loretta Swit's book, A Needlepoint Scrapbook from 1986, has a design for Mrs. Pac-Man, if anyone can remember Pac-Man. In 1973, American football player Rosie Greer published his book, Rosie Greer's Needlepoint for Men and... Mary, Queen of Scots, famously used needlepoint not only as a means of occupation during her incarceration, but also as a means of resistance using covert symbols and imagery in her designs aimed against her cousin, Queen Elizabeth I. Marie Antoinette, Queen Elizabeth I and Princess Grace were also all royal needlepointers, with the American Needlepoint Guild establishing the Princess Grace Award for Needlepoint worked entirely in tent stitch. 
Martha Washington, wife of American President George Washington, was also an avid needlepointer. So the appeal of canvas work has worldwide appeal, both historical and contemporary. But one of the most eye-catching canvas work stitches would have to be the Bargello stitch, so named because of a series of chairs found in the Bargello Palace in Florence, featuring the flame stitch pattern. Also called Florentine work, Hungarian point, flame stitch or Irish stitch, which seems a little odd, straight stitches are laid out in a mathematical pattern creating geometric motives and when combined with the new harder wearing canvas became a popular choice for home decor, upholstery, carpets and even shoes. This traditional stitch also uh, promoted an amazingly rich colour palette through the use of many hues of one colour and has been widely used since its revival in the 1960s. Bargello quilts based on the patterns of Bargello embroidery use strip piecing to create a gradation of colour groups stepping to create a stunning array of different motives and they're actually uh, quite spectacular. So how exactly has canvas work become contemporised? One means has been the variety of fibres, threads and embellishments used to create and interpret designs in ever expanding colourways and textures. Walls, silks, cottons, ribbons and raffia can be combined to form an amazing piece of work as well as a variety of canvases now ready, readily available in a range of different mesh sizes. Lastly, of course, the designs lend themselves to the endless creativity and innovation of each and every maker and designer. Many surface stitches can be worked on canvas, such as needle weaving and French knots, adding not only variety, but much needed texture. Now, when it comes to contemporary needlepoint designs, there are two standouts most people would recognise. One is Kay Facet, well-known English artist, designer and maker, also beyond well-known in the world of patchwork quilts, knitting and as a designer of needlepoint kits since 1976. His book, Kay Facet, Glorious Needlepoint, published by Three Rivers Press in 1992, is an inspirational book that explores the full potential of needlepoint as well as providing charted patterns. CAFE has gone on to publish more books on glorious inspiration, glorious colour and of course his wonderful quilts, establishing uh, CAFE as a design expert producing work that explodes with writer's colour and intricacy. Now perhaps not quite so well known but nonetheless worthy of note here is another English designer Raymond Honeyman whose designs burst with colour, pattern and movement. Mary Schosser wrote this review for his book A Passion for Painting, The Textile Designs of Raymond Honeyman published by Unipress Cumbria in 2007 that sells for a mere $3,675.99. Where she writes, 
Raymond Honeyman's preoccupation with hand-painted patterns stands out as a testament to the enduring significance of meticulous craft-based uh, skill. A designer of printed textiles and also over the past decade focusing on the design of needlepoint kits, Honeyman's refusal to surrender to computer-aided design coincides with a resurgence of interest in artisanal values. This book shows his original artworks and offers an insight into the mindset of a master colourist. From Paisley to Tartan, the Mikado to Ming, his playful use of design and sophisticated blending of colour bring familiar images into unusual juxtaposition. Pushing the boundaries, his meticulous details produce a depth and richness in pattern with a resulting complexity that puts his work in a category of its own. Anyone who appreciates colour and seeks inspiration in its manipulation will enjoy this book. And Raymond's designs surely are meticulous, complex renditions showcasing his, pattern, uh, his passion and love of rhythmic pattern, the arts and crafts movement, fans and his beloved Paisley designs. He says of his favourite paisley patterns, I love the intrinsic sinuous quality of a paisley shape and enjoy stretching and twisting the proportions to create a, a variety of flowing patterns. His interest in music and dance also helped inspire further design work around a dance theme producing work entitled Mazurka, Rumba and Fandango. His textile design is extremely complex, sometimes offering repeat pattern in rhythmic movements that flows with an innate energy and heartfelt exuberance. Now, there are numerous other people who design needlepoint, but those two designers are among the most inspiring I came across. Their design work is simply incredible, featuring rich and exciting colourways mixed with sumptuous patterns to create an energy that flows across every piece. Needlepoint or canvas work is an incredibly easy technique to master, whether it's attached to a frame or worked freely in the hand. And there's so much inspiration, be it Greek goddesses, rambunctious roosters or the stunning millefleur designs created as a background style featuring an amazing array of small flowers and plants. The design options are simply incredible. This is one technique though that is easily learned and that offers in return a wonderful stitching experience. Whether you design your own work or follow a chartered design, this technique is worked fairly easily and quickly. With innumerable videos and books now available to instruct on how to begin and end, how to chart your own design, how to work in a frame or in the hand, and how to block after finishing. I believe this is an extremely creative method of embroidery, perfectly suited to those who want to pick up a needle and thread, but fear doing so. 
designs can be hand painted directly onto the canvas by the designer, obviously the most expensive option, or silk screened or computer printed, these options being widely popular and less expensive. Charted designs are also available in books or leaflets. Then there's freeform designs created entirely by the stitcher. Just begin stitching and allow the design to grow organically. Canvas work as a separate embroidery technique still has the ability to stand alone and shine. But with the addition of other embroidery techniques, there is a feeling that the boundaries are being blurred. And perhaps that's a good thing. So why not begin stitching some canvas work? Keep an eye out in secondhand bookstores for canvas work or needlepoint, stitch dictionaries or older design books. Techniques don't change and these older books are far less expensive to buy, yet are full of solid technical information. I just love them. Start a sampler or just work free form, joining and merging stitches. It's a great way to trial stitches and get a feel for working with the canvas itself. It's canvas work. It's a great place to start. As always, thank you so much for your time. I love having you here and it's truly appreciated. Tell your friends to tune in and subscribe and let's make 2023 the best year ever. Stitch Safari's now reached over 12,000 downloads and that's all thanks to you. It's also been mentioned as one of the 20 best embroidery podcasts of 2021 by Wilp Magazine, listed as one of the top shows about embroidery by Repod in 2022 and recorded in the top five textile industry podcasts you must follow in 2023 by Feedspot. And I'm extremely grateful. Please leave a message and subscribe to the Stitch Safari podcast. There's just so much more to discover and it's all so fascinating. I do post interesting tidbits on Instagram and Facebook from time to time, as well as book reviews and a blog on the Stitch Safari website. So do head on over. Till the next exciting episode of Stitch Safari and our next inspiring adventure into stitch, embroidery and design. Bye for now.